everyone. Welcome to episode six of 20-somethings podcast. Today I'm going to be chatting about how I get prepared for long trips overseas, how I pack for them, what to pack, how much, etc. So as you may or may not be aware, my next backpacking trip is to Southeast Asia and I'm flying out next Tuesday, May 30, and I'll be away for five weeks. So this time I'm not actually traveling solo. My lovely friend Natalia will be joining me. We're traveling Thailand and Vietnam for two weeks each and then finishing in Cambodia for about a week. And we've booked a Bangkok return flight. So this time it's not a one-way ticket. I will be returning back to Australia. Um, And so given my next trip is in six days, I thought I would release an episode about packing tips and how I prepare for an overseas trip. So I've also received plenty of questions about what to pack and how to pack for upcoming Europe trips because there's literally half of Australia is going to Europe this summer I think so hopefully this episode will be able to help those people out as well. So I've mentioned this in previous episodes but just to reiterate if you haven't listened to them I well and truly overpacked last year like it was embarrassing Even though I was away for seven months, had a one-way ticket, I didn't actually know when I was coming home and went to different countries across many different seasons, I was still embarrassed at the amount I packed. I think I've now learned from my mistakes and instead of taking a 70-litre and a 50-litre backpack to Asia, like that would be ridiculous, I'll only be taking my 40-litre backpack, um, which, yeah, obviously is smaller than my smallest one that I took last year. So it's going to be a bit of a test for me, but I'll also have a carry-on bag, like a bum bag and a handbag as well. And um, yeah, so this is a five-week trip in summer weather. So I guess it is a bit easier to pack lighter, but um, yeah, it'll still be a test to um, keep it nice and light and probably under 10 kilos because we're trying to take some flights within Asia and not have to check in bags just to make it a bit cheaper. So we'll see how we go. So the other day on Instagram, I popped up a question box and got some questions back about um, preparation for overseas Uh, sort of long-term trips and then um, packing tips as well. So we'll just run through some of those today and hopefully I can either tell you, you know, some things that you might not have thought about packing, um, but as well as just, yeah, just making sure that you know um, everything that you need to before your trip. So first question we've got here is Europe summer, but do I pack jumpers and jackets? So relating to my trip, I was over there from end of April, which was a little bit chilly, but I was up quite north. So I started up in Denmark, which obviously like Scandinavia is um, quite north in Europe and it is quite cold April, May still It's because it's not quite summer. So I did go over there with a pair of jeans, some long leggings. I think I had a knit, a puffer jacket and a long sleeve top, pretty much just like one outfit's worth essentially. Um, And that was enough for me, but throughout actual summer months, I don't remember wearing long pants, don't remember wearing a jacket at all. There might've been a couple of nights that it was a little bit windy in Greece in like July or June or July. But other than that, you honestly don't really need any jackets or jumpers. However, 
it will obviously depend where you go. So if you're down more south, like Greece, Croatia, Italy, I don't think you'll need any jeans, to be honest. But if you are more north, so Germany, even Switzerland can be a bit chilly. My mum was there last week. So what was that? Mid, mid-May, mid she said she was in like five layers and was not prepared for how cold it was. So if you're in more mountainous areas, obviously it can be a bit more chilly. So potentially just bringing a puffer jacket that can roll up nice and small would be a good way to go. Um, however, yeah, throughout those countries in June to August, honestly, I didn't didn't need any winter clothes. Um, however, if you're traveling throughout September and, and October, um, it can be a little bit cooler in those months. Um, just but just kind of similar to Australia, you know, September is usually quite warm. Um, but obviously you can get every now and then a rainy day or windy or something. So possibly a light jumper or jacket for the nighttime um, or overnight buses because you'll be under air conditioning, which would be smart. Otherwise, look, if you're traveling for four months over summer and then have like one month of autumn, I would just suggest buying something over there. So pack your summer stuff only and then will give you an excuse to buy clothes over there. So I, this is kind of steeping into another question on strategies on how to not overpack. I, one of my mistakes that I made last year was I went to Morocco in September and given I started traveling from the end of April, you know, this was five months into my trip. So I stupidly packed things that I only would wear in Morocco right at the start like I should have just bought them over there so it was very silly so things like a long skirt like covering the knees which would be needed in Morocco but I just don't wear that sort of thing normally so that was silly I also I think there was a long dress as well that covered the shoulders so those two things were quite thick and um, because they were such like long skirts it was just a lot of material to have in your bag for five months and not actually use So that was silly of me. I should have just bought things just before Morocco, something cheap um, from an op shop and then just sort of gave it away. So that's definitely what I would suggest if you're going um, somewhere cooler, only just for like a week or something later in your trip, buy the stuff that you need over there. Don't take it with you and keep this, like fill up the space in your bag prior to then. You just don't, it's just not necessary. Um, Yeah, so that would be my tips for packing jumpers and jackets um I would probably still suggest bringing like a pair of exercise pants it's good for like travel days and um yeah just a thin thin jumper would be handy to have as well so the second question is essentials and items you wish you brought with you so I did a blog post probably last year I think and I was just writing things down as they came to me and so I'll, I'll put up the link in my story on 20 somethings pod Instagram page if you want to refer to that one but I would definitely suggest looking into getting some Tiva shoes I'm not sure what the guys opinions are on these um, but I saw heaps of girls in Europe wearing these and they were just so versatile Um, you know if you're going to Croatia and Greece and Italy there's just so many beaches that have pebbles and rocks and it's just really hard to walk on but also if you're doing some sort of 
cliff jumping and climbing like scaling rocks they would be really good shoes to have because you can go from just normal day wear they look quite nice with a dress and then you can just you know use them for water activities because they've got that supportive sort of thong material base but then straps over the top so they don't slip off so I would definitely look into getting some Tiva shoes. I bought a pair for Asia from Depop. So secondhand pair, which, you know, I think I saved like 60 odd dollars and they looked pretty brand new. So I'm going to give those a go for my Asia trip. But last year I packed four pairs of shoes. So I had a pair of thongs, which honestly never wore. Burks, which I wore almost every day. A pair of sneakers and a pair of Converse. So three to four shoes is my usual recommendation. Um, But other essentials, um, look, I wish I had a better adapter. Um, It was just the, just the plain, like one singular plug, but I think it's just worth having one of those adapters that's either like universal. It's got all of the plugs for different countries if you're doing a worldwide trip, Um, but also ones that can charge multiple things at once is definitely the way to go because sometimes if you're doing hostel rooms, you may not have the option of taking up multiple PowerPoints. So that's definitely something to look into and also just a good quality portable charger. I bought one from Big W before my trip and it lasted me up until end of June, I think, maybe two or three months. And then I had to buy another one over there but then that one lasted me even less time. So definitely invest in a good quality portable charger because that is very handy to have. Um, This one I did have, which is a Dock and Bay towel. I just had a beach towel version, but if you are doing Europe, there are a lot of hostels that charge you for towel hire. Um, Not a lot of them are included, which is a bit annoying. I'm pretty sure Asia is a little bit better in that regard. So I should be okay. But I am bringing a dock and, bay, dock and Bay towel with me just for the beach, but even just potentially bringing a thin shower towel if you're going to Europe would be um, a smart thing to do as well. And then just a few random miscellaneous items I thought that would be really helpful. Um, a roll-on perfume. So I didn't really have a perfume most of the trip, I think, just like a roll-on deodorant. But um, you know, it's, it's obviously just a little extra thing that made me feel nice and smell nice. But, um, if you can get like a little roll on or just a, you know, travel sized perfume, that was good. So I've got one for Asia now. Um, that was, yeah, again, that's just me. It's just a random little thing that I wish I had. Also some Ziploc bags. And this was sort of for, you know, taking around snacks with you, but also, potentially um, bagging up some washing detergent, like sort of powder to wash your clothes, Um, you know, packaging up leftover breakfast from your hostel to take around with you at, um, you know, during the day. So that is another thing. And then insect repellent. Um, I bought this in Italy because I found the mosquitoes to be fucking horrible there. So I got some roll-on insect repellent which I probably should be taking to Asia as well because I do not want to get any diseases. So definitely look into getting that and just having like a little mini first aid kit as well. But I'll chat about toiletries and first aid a little bit later on. So I delved into this uh, just before, but shoes and how many to bring. So last year I did take four as I said, I had my Burks, thongs, sneakers, like running shoes and 
a pair of navy Converse. And I didn't wear the thongs as much as I thought. I wore Burks more so down to the beach because because it was less sandy beaches and it was more rocky. So you just got that extra support. Um, and like normally I wouldn't wear Bur- Burks to a sandy beach just because I don't want to ruin them. Um, but mostly pebbled beaches in Europe anyway. But um, Asia, this time I'm just bringing, bringing three. So I've got the same sneakers, my running shoes. I've got some white sort of Puma, like, you know, casual shoes and then my black strappy Teavers. So I'm going to give three a go. I've got the smaller bag this time, so I won't have as much space. But I think that's kind of all you need because the Teavers are just so versatile. You can wear them throughout the day with a dress, even go out in them. Like that'll probably be my going out shoe potentially. But then also if you're kayaking, just doing like water sports, you can also keep them on for that. So that's my recommendation there, but just keep them nice and um, plain. Like if you've got black convi- connies or um, white, I would suggest just keeping it nice and plain so that your clothes will match. So next question, we've got uh, strategies on how to overpa- uh, how not to overpack, I should say. Um, so as I mentioned before, um, with my trip to Morocco, given that was like five weeks, sorry, five months into the trip. Don't worry about packing for that stuff, especially if it's only a short portion of your trip. You know, if you, if you're randomly going skiing for a weekend, but you're mostly doing a summer trip, like try and work out how you can just hire stuff over there or get it secondhand, just so you're not bringing a whole like outfit of bulky clothes when you don't even need it right in like right until the end. Um, So if you can avoid doing that, um, that would save you some space. Also just using packing cubes and trying to limit yourself to one bag, unlike I did last year. Again, like honestly, it's just embarrassing looking back at the photos and how much I thought I needed. Just ridiculous. But you're probably going to want to buy things over there. Do a bit of shopping. Um, I don't know about you, but the op shops in like UK and I don't know where else I got some cool stuff in Italy. I think the op shops there are just bloody awesome. So try and leave some space for some local purchases. But again, having a smaller bag doesn't just give you, you know, the flexibility to uh, get the cheaper flights around Europe because you don't have to pay for the checked bag. But it's just so much easier. You know, you're not carrying 20, 30 kilos on your back walking around. So it's just... It's just a much better way to travel. So I'm going to be testing that out (laughs) next week. We'll see how we go. Um, So if you can limit yourself to, you know, a 50 litre or less, you might be able to get away with a 50 litre going going on a flight like as carry-on potentially if it's not like over full. Um, But yeah, using those packing cubes really solidifies everything and um, fill those up right to the brim before you pop them in. But also just lying out all of your outfits and just making sure that everything actually matches because there's nothing worse when you're over there and you're like, oh, I love this top and this, you know, these pair of pants, but they just do not go. So, you know, it might be a bit boring, but pack some, um, you know, plain things that just go with a lot so that you you can just make multiple outfits with only a few uh, items. general packing tips and how much of each item. Now I'm going to base this on what I'm bringing for my upcoming trip and not on what I did last year because that was a mistake. 
Anyway, I would suggest having one to two dresses. Depends if you're more a shirt and top person, which I definitely am. So personally, I've got one dress for Asia, about three tank tops or crop tops, two t-shirts, and then one to two over the bathers tops, two pairs of shorts, so one denim and then one sort of linen pair to go over bathers. I've got probably two exercise outfits, so a couple pairs of shorts. Um, well, I think I'll actually change to just one pair of shorts, one pair of tights, and then a cropped exercise top and a tank top. I've also got one skirt just for a, a nicer outfit option and then one to two pairs of long pants. I'm personally only taking one, so one pair of like the sort of genie, like flowy, linen-y pants. Um, but for Europe, if you're traveling for multiple months, you might consider taking another pair of linen pants, something a bit nicer or some jeans if you're there for the colder months. I've also got two pairs of bathers with me, so two bikinis. For Europe last year, I took a one-piece and probably three bikinis because, I mean, I was pretty much swimming for like three months straight. And then three three to four pairs of socks. If you're, you know, traveling through summer, you barely wear socks because you're just constantly in burks. Um, but for me, I'll be doing some hiking and exercise, hopefully. So three or four pairs of them. Then I've got four bras, so that's including sports bras. I'll probably take a bralette, just like a normal t-shirt bra and, um, yeah, probably a couple sports bras, something comfy. And then, you know, as many undies as you can fit in there, like seven to ten. But, again, if you've got the bathers, like you're predominantly wearing them in summer. So that would be my full packing list, like clothes-wise, and you already heard about the shoes, but – Toiletries is just another kettle of fish, so I'll delve into that later. Honestly, I haven't really figured out what and how much I'm bringing for Asia because I've got the carry-on. It's a little bit difficult because it all needs to be under the 100 mils, I think it is. Um, And I'm pretty sure all the liquids need to be in that, you know, in a clear bag. So I'm facing a bit of an issue there but we shall figure that out and uh, once I have a solution for you I will share it with you all. (laughs) Next question is top things to do for preparation essentials and printing documents. So I've got a clear folder which for Asia has got my international driver's permit little um It comes in like a little mini folder, I suppose. So that is inside a little plastic sleeve, any sort of visa information and printouts that you have, if you, if you have a visa at all, um, I don't need one for Asia because I'm not going to be in each country for long enough. Um, so that's all good. Uh, any sort of immunization summaries and proof of vaccines. So last year for Europe, it was still, you know, kind of COVID time. So I did have my COVID certificate printed out with uh, proof of my three vaccines and dates, etc. And then I just included an immunization summary and everything that the doctors printed out for me, which was like travel info for specific countries, um, had all my visa info. So that meant because I had to go over to Italy for the permit to stay application, I did need some extra documents for that one. So I had a copy of my birth certificate, had a copy of my passport printed in there, also had extra passport style and size photos. I've got that for this trip as well, like 
just in case I needed it. I had some leftover from my international driver's permit um, appointment anyway. I also just printed out some of my itinerary. So especially the, everything that related to arriving in Italy um, and all that visa stuff. So everything that I needed for my application in Adelaide at the consulate, I then took that to Italy as a copy just in case. So that was like my flight into Bari, my first night's accommodation in Italy um, and that sort of thing. So again, this might only be relevant to you if you've got a visa of some sort, but otherwise the only sort of documents that you may need would be, I don't know, I always like having a copy of the passport just, um, you know, just in case you lose it or something. I don't know if that's going to be helpful to you, but I just like it. I like having it there. The immunization summary, including COVID, but I don't know. I feel like this year is going to be fine. I only had to show proof of vaccination once last year. And that was, I think when I was arriving in Spain from Morocco. So they literally just accepted the version on my phone, like the Medicare uh, thing that I had in my Apple wallet. So didn't even need the printouts there. But better to just have them than, than to not. And before I forget, the other couple of things for preparation before a long overseas trip would be organising your travel insurance as well as having some overseas travel like money cards. So last year for Europe, I used Qantas travel insurance. I just went with... I think they've only got one option, just the most premium. It was quite expensive, but I thought, you know, it's my first overseas trip by myself That's um, that wasn't America because that, that insurance was all included in the uni side of things. So I just went with that premium option and I figured I'd get some Qantas points along the way as well. And yeah, I guess if I had to claim, it would be, you know, a good company to go through if worse comes to worse. But That was last year. Um, This year for Asia, I decided to go through the RAA. This this was the premium option. Um, We told them that that we were going to Thailand, Vietnam and Cambodia for five weeks, which we are. I think it was about $240 for that whole time. And that includes absolutely everything. Obviously, it will depend on what locations you're going to and what travel style you're going to have and what sort of activities. So if you are doing um, skiing or other winter sports and boats and yachts and whatnot, it may be a little bit more expensive. But um, yeah, definitely go through a few different companies, compare the price and see what works best for you. But definitely organize your travel insurance prior to going. Sometimes it takes a little while to kick in. And also travel money cards. I'm going to use my UP card, which I used last year in Europe as well. And if you've read my blog post about travel money cards and all of that, um, it will tell you that I went a little bit overboard and I had three different types, one of them also being a Qantas travel card. So again, up to you. You might already be with a bank that offers that option to have a travel card, but the UP one I just found really user-friendly if you had any issues There was a really good chat feature on the app and you could, you know, just send a message through and um, they'd fix it pretty much straight away. I also found it helpful to have a MasterCard and a Visa because I found sometimes over there some FBOS machines didn't like a Visa, but they 
preferred a MasterCard. So it was just good to have the two options. If one bank was down, the other one could do the job. So um, I'll leave you with that information because talking about insurance and um, travel debit cards really isn't interesting. So I'll leave a link to that blog post if you want to look into it a little bit further um, because it's a little bit out of my mind at the moment. But when I wrote that blog post, it's, it was a little bit more fresh. So it may make a bit more sense and it will have it all written down. So I'll leave you on that note. But hopefully these tips provided some some insight for what you need to do for your trip or maybe gave you confidence knowing that you've done everything you can possibly do before your trip. But as I said, I think the main takeaway point with the packing side of things is, you know, as long as you've got yourself, your passport, a few changes of clothes, like you can buy anything over there wherever you go traveling. So just try and just try and keep some space in your bag. Don't fill it to the brim because no doubt you will buy something over there, whether it's clothes or some sort of take home piece as a present for a family member. Um, and yeah, definitely try and reduce, um, everything that's lying out on your bed that you want to put in there, take an outfit or two away from that pack and then put everything back in. So that's what I would suggest. But anyway, all the best. I hope you all have an amazing trip wherever you're going coming up. I'll try and organize a few more podcast episodes to be released, uh, while I'm in Asia. So I'll schedule them if I have enough time. But um, if not, I will chat to you when I get back. Otherwise, feel free to give me a follow on Instagram, 20somethings.pod, or I'll be on TikTok, Izzy Tucker as well. No doubt, plenty of travel content on there. But in the meantime, happy backpacking, everyone, and um, have a great rest of your May. Ciao. Another thing to consider in preparation for your long trips I don't necessarily have to do it for my Asia one because it's only five weeks, but last year I was away for seven. So just thinking about all your subscriptions and just like any monthly sort of payments that come out. So I was paying off my phone and then paying for a phone plan monthly. So what I did, I had to call Vodafone, ended up just paying off my phone, but I just kind of put a pause on the actual plan so I didn't have to pay the full amount each month because that would be a bit a uh, bit of a waste of money and uh, also thinking about some streaming services Spotify I mean I was still using Spotify and Netflix so obviously didn't cancel those ones um, but also if you've got health insurance I had Booper at the time so I popped mine on pause for seven months I'm not sure what the maximum amount of time is that you can do that but um, I don't remember if there was a pausing fee I think I was okay. So, um, yeah, just thinking about um, any phone payments, health insurance, um, yeah, any other subscriptions or just like monthly fees that you have to pay. Definitely look into um, pausing or cancelling those just so money is not emptying out of your account when you're not making anything. So definitely look into that. But, again, I don't have to do that for my Asia trip. It's just quite short. Um, also gym memberships, you might be able to put them in, them on pause. So think about that as well. Only other thing in terms of preparation would be going to see your GP and just telling them the countries that you're going to and when, 
And they might suggest that you get a blood test just to see what vaccinations you may be due for. So I did this about four to six weeks before my Asia trip. I got my flu shot, got my, I think it was a hepatitis A and typhoid vaccine. So got those two jabs. And then I got some medication for malaria and for cholera. Cholera is a wonderful drink that you have the first vial uh, two weeks prior and then the next one one week. This doesn't actually taste as bad as it used to. I remember having it in 2018 before Mexico and it was absolutely disgusting. But it's definitely improved since then, thank God. So it is quite expensive. Um so keep that in mind. I think I paid, I reckon I paid about 130 for the Hep A vaccine. Luckily, if you have health insurance, um, I got some money back. So I'm with Booper. I got maybe 44 back. Same thing with the cholera medication. I got $44 back and spent about 125. So that was definitely the most expensive and vile drink I've ever had. Anyway, you've got the effervescent powder. You pop that in. And then stir that around, shake the vial, pour that into like 150 mils of water and then drink that bad boy. So potentially Europe, uh, look, you may not even need any vaccines. Depends where you're going. I obviously mentioned I was going to Morocco, so I might have had something extra for that. Uh, It's probably more likely you get sick in the Asian countries um, and like, you know, with mosquitoes and stuff. So just bear in mind You may need time to get all these vaccines and blood tests. So definitely try and do that four to six weeks prior. And um, yeah, I think that's about it for the preparation. It's definitely a lot easier if you don't have like the visa stuff to organize. But if you do, that is in another episode. So feel free to listen to that Italian working holiday visa. But again, you know, it is just Italy based. So it may not be the same as all the other countries, but um, it might help you in some way 